0: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Up in the mountains of the Sierra Nevada are some of the largest sequoia tree groves in the world. Sequoias, if you're not familiar, are these massive trees that can grow up to 300 feet tall. They've been around for thousands of years, but now they're being threatened like never before. Recently, Park Service employees of Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Park led a tour of these remote groves.
1: take also in a
0: way, the so trees here not. have been devastated by recent wildfires, but park officials want to launch an ambitious effort to replant them. Historically, sequoias used to coexist with wildfires thanks to their thick bark, but blazes in the state have grown so large and destructive it hasn't been enough to protect them. Replanting the world's largest trees might sound like a valiant effort, but some in the scientific community think it's a terrible idea. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporter Curtis Alexander explains the debate. How much should humans intervene to rebuild ancient sequoia forests? Curtis will share how the debate is highlighting the way that climate change is complicating and changing the relationship between humans and the wilderness. These sacred trees are facing a mortal threat. Is the best route leaving them alone? Curtis, thanks so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Curtis, nearly a fifth of the world's sequoia population has been wiped out by wildfires. And experts say that the loss of these trees is unprecedented because sequoias are, quote, an iconic species. Tell me what makes these trees so special and distinctive?
1: Well, as most people in California know, these are just amazing trees. They're the largest trees in the world. They can go to 300 feet tall and be 30 feet wide at their base. And they only exist in a small portion of the Sierra Nevada, basically a band on the western slopes from the southernmost point of the Sierra Nevada up to about Yosemite National Park. There's a few groves to the north, a few outliers, but most of the trees are right in Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park and the surrounding national forests. So there's not a lot of them, and they're pretty spectacular.
0: And do they play any sort of specific role in the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, I mean, these trees, as anybody can attest to, are just a place like no other. You go into these groves, they're dark, they're wet. There are hundreds of species of birds, mammals, and amphibians that live in these forests. I I think one of the most unique is the Pacific Fisher, which is this carnivore that lives in trees, and it's pretty rare in the Sierra Nevada.
0: And another great quality of sequoias is that they've been able to endure burning in the past, but... What's been different about the fires of recent years that have made them so destructive to sequoias?
1: Sequoias were once thought to be largely immune to wildfires. They can live for 3,000 years and folks who have seen them have seen them burn scars up their trunks. They can rise 100 feet or more and may have been there for 100, 200, 500 years. So these things don't burn very easily. They also have these like sky-high canopies. So when there's a fire going through the forest, the flames can't often get up to the leaves and needles of these trees. And the sequoias also rely on fire to actually reproduce the heat, the fire, the flames open up their cones and allow their seeds to disperse. And the flames also clear the ground to create space for the ceilings to grow. But over the past several years, probably starting in about 2015, people began seeing that some of the wildfires in California began actually killing these trees. It's happened before, but not at the scope that it has. In recent years. And I think the reason is just the fires have gotten so much bigger and hotter and more, more destructive. We've seen the outcome and the repercussion of that across the state with more communities burning, more people hurt in wildfires, and the sequoias have just been caught up in that fallout.
0: So that has led to efforts to rebuild sequoia groves in the Sierra Nevada. And we're talking about, as you mentioned, replanting trees that are hundreds of feet tall, that exist for thousands of years. And this sounds like a very daunting task. What exactly does this effort entail?
1: There are a handful of efforts already underway in the southern Sierra to try to replant some of these burned groves. Most of them are in national forest land or state lands, and in a few cases, some private lands. But it is a daunting task, as you mentioned. The folks planting these trees certainly aren't going to live to see the growth of these trees, but it involves basically getting seeds from these groves growing them in nurseries, and taking the seedlings, they're mostly first-year seedlings, which are about eight inches tall, and bringing them out into the forest and putting them in the ground. In the case of the proposed planting at Sequoia Kings Canyon, we're talking about tens of thousands of Sequoia seedlings. So it's a lot of trees. It's going to take a couple of years to do the planting, and uh, they're going to be monitoring it for 30 or 40 years just to see how the new forest comes to life.
0: And interestingly, a part of this effort also includes bringing in seeds from outside of the local area in order to increase genetic diversity. Why do it that way?
1: Well, if you've got trees that burn that were 3,000 years old, which was the case in these recent wildfires, their offspring aren't necessarily going to be the best adapted to the changing climate. At least that's what scientists are telling me. These young seedlings are going to have to To weather a much different climate than their parents did a thousand years or more ago. So, the scientists in the park are hoping to give these trees a genetic advantage. And they're doing that by bringing in seeds from larger groves that have greater diversity. They're also bringing in seeds from some of the groves farther south and at lower elevations, hoping that that stock is more tolerant to a hotter, drier climate going forward.
0: Why do some ecologists think replanting sequoias in the Sierra Nevada is a terrible idea? Chronicle reporter Curtis Alexander will share after a quick break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Curtis Alexander, before the break, we heard the argument for replanting sequoias, but what's the argument against that plan?
1: Well, there's a number of arguments, but one of the main arguments that I've heard from some of the people I've spoken to Gets at the heart of this area being a wilderness area. It's a federally defined area that is meant for nature to take its course. It's not meant for roads or people. They just want it to be as it is.
0: Well, what would be a potential negative outcome of attempting to replant sequoias?
1: One of the concerns specifically that I've heard repeated is about the park's use of helicopters to carry in the sequoia seedlings. Some of the areas that are planned for planting are pretty remote, and park officials say it's basically impractical to try to get these young trees in any other way. Folks are worried that the seedlings are going to be dropped from the helicopters onto the forest floor and could potentially crush some of the seedlings that have naturally begun to emerge. But I I think these concerns just embody the broader reluctance that people have about going into areas that just haven't seen human intervention before. As for bringing in seeds from outside the area, some people just don't want to see the gene pool here altered. I mean, we're talking about an evolutionary process that has played out for thousands of years. So I can kind of understand all of a sudden changing that genetic trajectory can kind of scare some people.
0: But park officials at Sequoia and Kings Canyon, they say that it's their sort of personal responsibility, they feel, to replant the trees. Tell me more about their argument.
1: Sequoia National Park was founded with a mandate of protecting these trees. When these parks were founded in the 1800s, when European settlers and Californians were finding these trees... They were quite the legend, especially in places where these trees did not exist, back on the East Coast, in the Midwest, for example. And in the early 1890s, there was an idea to send one of these trees back to the World's Fair in Chicago. They had to cut it into 50 sections, and they put it on a train, and they hauled it back. They pieced it back together, and nobody believed them. They thought it was a fake, and uh, that whole thing went down as being the great California hoax.
0: So it sounds like there's this storied reason to replant these trees. They hold this special significance in California history. But beyond just that, those arguing in favor of replanting sequoias say there's an urgency to do it quickly. Why?
1: Well, according to some of the park scientists and some independent researchers I've spoken to, there's nothing short of the future of these groves at stake with so many trees killed in such a short span. We're talking about 85% of the area that sequoias live on being burned in wildfire over the past five or six years. People are concerned that these wildfires could kill even more sequoia trees and threaten them even further. The fear is that there's bare ground out there now, and if they don't get these trees in the ground, there's going to be brush and grasses and other species that come in there and crowd out the limited sequoia seedlings that have endured so far. Basically, they're worried about this forest not coming back.
0: You mentioned earlier that fires have helped spawn new sequoia growth, and that's why some ecologists say that replanting the trees may not be necessary and that it's better to let groves regenerate on their own. Tell me more about that perspective
1: one of the problems here is that we're in a situation that we've never been in before we've never seen this amount of sequoia forest burn so nobody really knows what the right answer is i think in the case of a handful of ecologists and is they say that there are enough seeds left on the forest floor for the sequoias to naturally regenerate and the park scientists and a lot of their supporters say that there are not no one really knows what the right amount of seedlings needs to be or what the right amount of seeds needs to be. So it's kind of a question and people are seeing it differently.
0: The heart of this debate seems to be how much should humans step in to help nature out? How much human interference should be allowed when it comes to the wilderness? But as your story points out, and what I found really sort of fascinating to meditate on is the fact that climate change has made identifying areas designated as the wilderness really complicated. Explain that more to me.
1: Yeah, I think what wilderness is, and uh, it's supposed to be left alone by people, but with climate change, we're having effects on the wilderness, whether we want to or not. It's less directly than going in there and cutting down trees, for example, but the warmer temperatures as a result of fossil fuel-driven warming is affecting these trees and the threat of fire in big ways. Deciding on whether or not we need to fix the ramifications or the problems created by by climate change is just a huge question. Are these wilderness areas already tampered by us so we need to go there and fix them, or should we continue leaving them alone?
0: Do you see that tension playing out in other sort of debates about the wilderness or environmental preservation?
1: Yeah, I think it has played out. And there are examples in national parks where people have stepped in to prevent flooding or people have stepped in to try to protect trees, for instance, cutting down trees. So the fire threat isn't as great. I think in California, in the case of the sequoias, we've seen the replantings and people have sort of had concerns. But now that it is in a wilderness area, we're seeing the debate about the sequoias and whether to step in because of climate change play out more centrally.
0: So then what are the next steps now, Curtis? How will this strategy and this debate about the sequoias get settled?
1: There are a handful of environmental groups that so far have come out against the park's plan. But with the comment period still continuing, I I think there's going to be more people people taking sides and expressing concerns. There is one effort by Wilderness Watch. They're a national nonprofit that protects wilderness that is raising money to fight this plan. So I don't think it's going to be easy for the park to push forward. They're going to have to address some of these concerns and see if they can push it through. The officials at Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Park are hoping to launch this replanting effort this fall. This is the final version of their plan. They're taking public comment through the first week of August. At that point, they'll address the concerns. As long as things are looking up from their perspective, they'll proceed with the planting this fall.
0: Curtis, thanks so much for helping us understand this angle of climate change's impact. I appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Curtis Alexander covers the climate for The Chronicle. Find his reporting online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to photographer Kyle Griglio for the audio clips you heard earlier, Gary Baca for the edits, and thank you for listening.